man, one voice that stands alone. I give one choice to man the throne. Stand good and take shots, give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pulp Revelators. Uh, we've got a great episode coming up for you. Uh, Pulp Revelators, if you have not joined us before, we cover everything pop culture, everything from movies to books to comics to toys and games, uh, really uh, just a whole multitude of different things. And tonight, we're taking you back to the 80s, and we are going to be talking about Predator, as you can see from my background here, one of the great action movies of the 80s that kind of kicked off the franchise that became video games, movies, comics, a little bit of everything. You had some uh, Predator versus, or Alien versus Predator. And um, so we're just gonna have some fun with this. And anybody who wants to chime in right now to give us a start or set the scene for what happened in Predator, I give it over to you. I think Mike's gonna tell us the entire movie synopsis. Go ahead, Mike. The synopsis, I, th I thought about doing that. You know, <clears throat> Predator, I, I've got to say, you know, it's between Predator and Terminator would be my favorite Schwarzenegger movies. And I can't remember how many times I've watched it, but it had been a while and I just watched it last week. And it's amazing to me how well it stands up over time. You know, you, I watch it now and it's got everything 80s, you know, uh, action flick should have. You've got the Schwarzenegger bicep flexes. You've got he and Carl Weathers, you know, like the clasp. And you've got, um, you know, great one-liners stick around. You've got Jesse Ventura, uh, you know, ain't got time to bleed. And and everything about the movie is just fun. You know, you, you can't overanalyze it. You just have a good time with it. And you go through. But it even has that, that buildup. You know, you wait really most of the movie until you really get a chance to see the predator. And until then you just get that, that uh, sound, a couple of different sounds, you know, that, that you let, or you get his uh, infrared uh, vision that he's watching people with. And so it just pulls you along through the jungle. Uh, and it's just, you know, a blast of a movie. Yeah. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, it came out in 87. And um, if you look back a few years before, like, like 87 was like this huge year of science fiction films. If you look back to the years leading up to it, there was like nothing. Um, it was kind of like a dead zone of 80s science fiction movies. I mean, I think uh, the year before the year before that you had Inner Space, which was kind of decent. Um, you had Transformers, the movie, two years before that, the Roy Wraith. And then 1987, there was like this explosion. You had Predator with Schwarzenegger, then The Running Man with Schwarzenegger. Mm. You had um, Project X, you had Robocop, uh, Spaceballs. Uh, if you're a Patrick Swayze fan, Steel Dawn. Um, Superman 4, The Quest from Peace, which The Quest for Peace, which was probably better off forgotten. Um, but though you had that whole incredible run of movies there that kind of it's almost like they reawakened um, science fiction films at that time that led on to like a run of years where there was at least one or two big sci fi blockbusters. But it kind of took off that year and um, like what Mike said was right, it was just like that huge 80s it's it's not super cerebral. You don't really have to think about it that much. I mean, you can. You can really start wondering what's the backstory of the alien, but they don't really go into that other than he's here on safari. So, is there a cerebral Schwarzenegger movie? Uh, um, twins. <laughs> <laughs> right. Kindergarten cop. <laughs> I guess Total Recall mess with your mind a little bit. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, so it's, um, yeah, and it's kind of like if you look at his two films that came out that year, Running Man and um, Predator, Predator was an original idea. Uh, the, 
it was a new character and all the running man not so much it was based on a stephen king movie so uh or a stephen king uh short story short story Richard bachman i believe yeah when he was writing the bachman books and um so and it stuck it's still like a science fiction movie that many people go back to well, I want to set the stage for our listeners. I, I have to imagine most everybody's seen this movie, um, unless we're, you're a millennial and you just don't like older action films because they're... <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, First of all. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead, Zach, please. I see lots of old movies. I just had never seen this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to my point right there. So, you know, Predator kind of starts the movie off and you see the spaceship go by, drops off a pod and this thing just sort of lands somewhere on earth. You have no idea where it is. And then basically the next scene, which is setting the scene is that they're trying to get uh, Schwarzenegger and a group of ex uh, military kind of uh, mercs, if you will, to go in there and they give them a story about a Senator or somebody who was lost in the jungle. And uh, you know, they're, they're, basically setting them up they're they're saying oh you know you guys have no value we don't care if we lose you in the jungle um don't give them all the facts but send them in there sure enough they go to some what probably is a south american country we don't know exactly but there's something going on between the russians and the south americans and they're abducting these uh various americans um and so they, they have to cross enemy lines to recover these guys uh but what they don't know is they're actually being hunted and so that kind of sets the scene for all you people who haven't seen this. And, uh, you know, it's one of these action flicks that's kind of larger than life where, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger became well known for his one liners. And this is chock full of them. I mean, he, he is like a grown up action figure is what he is, you know. And so that's kind of the setting that you have yourself in. And, and as we go through this and you, you find out the, these special effects for the time. I was really amazed going back and watching again. They did a fantastic job uh, for the eight, late 80s. Um, it, it doesn't look like it was done at that in that time period. And you've also got characters that were just kind of the, the archetypal. You've got Schwarzenegger goes by Dutch, you know, as the as the major. You've got the the trigger happy machine gunner Jesse Ventura. You've got the the tracker, you know. Uh, who, who, you know, scout who goes on the loyal guy who's, you know, who's shaving his bald head with a razor throughout the movie. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just chock full of like eighties tropes. Which I don't know if anyone here has ever tried to shave their head when you're sweaty and oh. gross. It's absolutely miserable. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want to do that. That was, that was, that was the part that. of the movie for you, Zach. It made me cringe every time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little bit of background to it, because, um, you know, that's kind of how I roll. Um, but the uh, originally Schwarzenegger wasn't even involved with it. They were originally working on a different film. And um, the actual alien was going to play be played by uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Um, because the original idea was it was for it to be this like super docile um, super athletic alien that could jump through the trees and sneak up on people kind of like it was in the film but um, I'll share my screen real quick and show you what it would have looked like and this is from this is actually a a photo from the Sam Winston uh, film school on on an article that talks about it so that was the original creature. Oh, wow. That's and fantastic. That's, and that's him filming it. So they started um, making the movie with Van Damme. Yep. Wow. And it, and it wasn't working for whatever How reason. How long after Bloodsport was that? I don't remember what year Bloodsport came out. This might have been before. This was like before he was a household name. He wasn't yeah, even a household yeah, he, name yet. That's kind of my introduction to him. And um, Carl Weathers to me, because of the Stan Winston site is now to me, probably one of the most incredible uh, actors ever because while he was acting against the creature in this film, he had to act against that. Mm. That's what he faced (laughs) down live on the scene. 
Like wow. and, you know, and there's a scene that you guys all probably recognize that it's probably a uh, stunt double and the creature, but there's another original still from filming. That's been Here was Predator 80? 87. So in 86, Sean Claude did No Retreat, No Surrender, and then in 88, he did Bloodsport. So this okay. was before Blood, this is before he became yep. well known. Yeah. That yeah, never did surrender. Matter of fact, he only has a uh, three credits, film credits to his name prior to Predator. Hmm. The funny thing is, you said it wasn't working. I look at him in that costume. I was like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> I can see why it didn't work. It was terrible. What was, what was he thinking, the poor guy? Like, what are these? Like, what are you doing to me? Like, what is this cow thing you have on my face? He had to be thinking, "I want to be an actor so bad." How am I going to do the splits in this thing? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think wasn't, wasn't that his signature move in like every single movie for like all the eighties? Yeah, especially when he got into a movie where he the movies where he was like the assassinated cop who somehow survived in a coma for twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> right. the, the split was like the signal that he was fully rehabbed and ready to go fight and get vengeance. That's, that's right. That's right. Right. It was split slow motion kicks and him going. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what the process was that 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 brought Schwarzenegger into the movie, but oh man, what a difference! You know, that's just the whole kind of rethinking of it. Um, and and Schwarzenegger obviously had a name by that time. Everybody knew who he was and what was going on. That was that was one of the first sci-fi movies I remember where the ending was so drawn out and so suspenseful. I mean, that that fight scene between the Predator and, and Schwarzenegger had to last 14 or 15 minutes in the film. I mean, Zach's ready for his double stand-in. He's ready oh. for the long clawed look of like. Can actually oh. see out of this one, so we're good. <laughs> this one, uh... The fact that you have backwards, dude. <laughs> <laughs> change change your, your mirror image there. <laughs> that's what you came up with <laughs> look i only had a few minutes okay <laughs> okay so i just read so this is pro this was probably this probably really hurt his ego so uh van damme's just starting out he's just you know on the verge of his big break and it says he was originally cast as the predator with the intent that the physical physical action star would use his martial arts skills to make the predator an agile ninja-like hunter but when the five foot nine inch Van Damme was compared to Schwarzenegger, Weathers, and Ventura, actors over six feet tall and known for their bodybuilding regimens, it became apparent a more physically imposing man was needed to make the creature appear threatening. <laughs> that's why that's why he was removed. They were like, "You're too little." That makes a lot of sense. I mean, they, that that has driven a lot of Hollywood decisions of, of protagonist versus antagonist. Yeah. Well, you think about like the Rocky movies like Stallone being short, they always cast like Mr. T or somebody around him who was similar height so they could, you know, duke it out. Yeah, I mean, they actually cast a guy who was six foot five. His name is Kevin Peter Hall. I just looked it up right now. Um, and I, no, actually, I take it back. Uh, he was six foot nine. Yeah. So I was reading something and it said that he couldn't see at all out of that costume and he had to memorize all of the movements and everything in the costume before filming because he couldn't actually see where anyone where anyone was we had, early in his career he had some issues with his martial arts and choreography like he was always a good fighter but going to a certain point and stopping and throwing a punch and pulling the punch a certain amount but making it still look real was a hard thing for him to do he actually ended up um in the next movie he the next movie he did was blood sport and then after that was cyborg and in Cyborg, he missed his mark three different times on the same extra. And uh, the, the move was to take the disarm the guy with a knife and then hit him with the knife. He actually right. hit him in the uh, temple and blinded him, like, permanently. Yes. And he, oh. got, he got sued for that. But it's, I mean, this is a guy who comes from martial arts where you don't pull punches. And, you know, very quickly they're saying, hey, or do all these great things and stop right here and do this thing. And they, that particular scene was, it was filmed in a torrential downpour. It was just... 
I don't know how he was supposed to to nail that part. That's a little insane. Well, so, and how different from a Schwarzenegger fight scene, which are generally like kind of telegraphed, blow stuff up, overpower somebody, and it's not finesse and martial arts. It's just, you know, knock the crap out of people. If you think and, about it. And have major explosions. I don't remember Schwarzenegger. Every action star in Hollywood did some type of ninja movie. I don't remember Schwarzenegger doing one. He's too imposing. Yeah, not his thing. I don't recall that. Yeah, I mean, but Schwarz, well, Schwarzenegger's whole genre was kind of the same genre that um, Stallone was in. Yes. As well, it was. Um, in fact, you know, you watch the first Expendables; it calls back to it perfectly. It's like the Expendables was like the last '80s action film, but made, um, you know, in the 2000s, and it's where you could open fire on a watchtower and it would blow up because bullets explode everything. So I mean, it's just like you know, <laughs> it, it, it's that type of movie, and you even see it like when they open fire on the jungle. I mean, it's my, it's like they might as well have took a uh, Bushmaster to it and just cut down the jungle. And, you know, even with that amount of firepower, it might not have done that much damage. Mm. Well, well, think about Schwarzenegger's background, too. He didn't come from martial arts. He came to America as a bodybuilder mm -hmm. with the goal of being Mr. Olympia, you know, and, and parlayed into, into film. And his signature really is the, like, hold an M60 or a gun and just, you know, have your biceps ripped and just blow stuff up, you know, and it doesn't lend itself to martial arts. You know, that was never his, you know, claim to fame. It's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Kevin Peter Hall, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. Nobody wants a Gary in the box. Um, Kevin Peter Hall, he also had two movies come out in 1987. The guy who played in the Predator suit. And you will never guess what the other movie was. Not sure. Okay, I'll tell you. Harry and the Hendersons. He played Harry, the Bigfoot monster, and Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> really? So, yeah, he also, uh, it was a show that I saw a few episodes um, that I, I loved that kind of disappeared and got canceled. It was called Misfits of Science, and he was in that TV show, and it was kind of well, like, I remember that show. Yeah, it was kind of like the X-Men. He was like this giant tall guy that he touched the back of his neck and he'd shrink. And so it was um, it was a cool show. So he also starred in that. But beyond that, I think he's always had roles where he's kind of like the guy in the costume. You guys remember um, an 80s TV show called Hunter? Yes. Sure. Red uh, Rider. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that as an extra. One is he was the storyline for one of the episodes as a bodybuilding uh, steroid using boyfriend who was beating up his girlfriend. Hmm. I remember that when I was a kid. My brother was a, my brother was a huge fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger when we were teenagers because my brother liked to lift weights, and he would go back then. You had to like buy videos away from the a month for them to come, and he had a um, a video of Schwarzenegger winning. Was it Michigan University won when he was like sixteen? It was, it was insane. So my brother was a huge fan of his, and it was it was neat to see him. If you his career has been really fun to see because he's not really gone serious, but he's kept the roles coming and he's been really entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking his first film must've been pumping iron though. Cause that yeah, was oh, yeah. in the time when well, he was actually a weightlifter and that was what he was known for, you know, Mr. Olympia, what, six times, seven times. I don't remember one of those two. But we were, I think we were talking prior to the start of this and the, the idea that in the movie predator, you know, of, of the, 80s action movie, shoot 'em up movie. You had two future governors coming out of the movie with Jesse, That's the right. governor Ventura, and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> the governor. Who would have ever, ever called that coming out of that movie? Yeah, I, I didn't. Back then, I wouldn't have thought that. Here's Jesse Ventura in a movie where he's playing a special operator, where he actually was, right? Life a special operator. You know, I wonder what that was like for him. Remember the. The one scene where after they've convinced Schwarzenegger to, to go with this crew and go in um, to South America and to, to figure out what happened, there's a scene where they're approaching the compound and they're doing all these crazy like military moves, but they're doing them broad daylight within like 50 feet of the bad guy and nobody ever sees them. It's more where they just kind of like face first slide down this hill and like military crawling down the hill. I wonder if the door was like, that would, that would never happen. <laughs> there's no way. 
it, it, oh, I watched it. I watched it um, by chance like two weeks ago, just like that first like half hour. And uh, that stuck out to me. I'm like, you know, Ventura's got to be sitting there thinking, this is the best I can do with these Hollywood guys. This is, this is it. This is what I can get them to do. They probably didn't consult him on that. No. He, um, Schwarzenegger's first movie was in 1970. It was Hercules and Hercules. They, oh, they voiced right. over his voice. It wasn't him. They and didn't he, think that he should do it because his accent was so heavy. And he was credited as Arnold Strong, Mr. Universe. Uh, so, um, I think it's so funny. I mean, my wife, um, there's a scene in the movie where he jumps off the waterfall. If you guys all know a scene I'm talking about. My wife has been there because uh, she used to vacation with her father in uh, Porto, uh, Puerto Vallarta. And that's where it's located outside of there. So she, uh, that was neat. She does like this movie. And that's probably one of the primary reasons because she's been to the locations that they filmed. But you end up, I mean, even in, in, in terms of the, the suspense and pulling along, you end up with a MacGyver type scene, you 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 know of of Schwarzenegger having to like rig the whole jungle and do all this stuff. I mean, it it just is. Um, I think, as Tim said earlier, it, it just kind of pulls you suspensefully along until an ending that you really didn't see coming, you know. And then you're just like, oh crap, you know. It. Um, I don't know. I, even watching it last week, I still had a ton of fun with it. Yeah, I, th- I think that like sci-fi movies up to that point aside from maybe um the empire strikes back where you had the twist at the end there there weren't a lot of twists at the end of these you know i you, you kind of halfway through the movie you knew who the surviving like like alien like you knew that sigourney weaver is going to be the lone survivor and is going to be her against the alien and she was going to have to best him in some way like you kind of knew halfway through how it was going to play out to an extent you just didn't know how and, and I'm not discrediting Alien because that was a very yeah. successful movie, very very huge space drama. But this movie had twists in it at the very beginning, in the middle, towards the end. I mean, there was a couple of different switches there. You know, Carl Weathers and his interaction with with Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, it kind of they wanted to like each other, and they had a bond at one point in time, but it had been broken, and it was it, it was certainly a strained relationship. That at the very end, you you almost felt like Maybe it was, but but maybe it wasn't. It's it was just interesting. Yeah. Oh, so I'm curious. You know, Tim, Jeff, Gary, and I come back to this movie having watched it a long time ago. The realer Gary just watched it for the first time a couple of weeks ago. So, realer Gary, like, what are your first thoughts of watching Predator? It's so 80s. That's my <laughs> first thought. One of the first scenes. There's no real build up. It's just. Schwarzenegger goes into this place in the jungle, and one of the first scenes is a hand class with a bicep flex. <laughs> like, that's how the movie starts out. Everyone's shooting from the hips and hitting everything. So there's no, like, it's that old action, you know, they're not even really trying to be um, realistic. It's just shooting from the hips. Things are blowing up. So they're carrying a minigun around in the desert or in the jungle for some reason, because that's practical. So Yeah, they don't get too heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I did think that one of the things, I've read a lot of like military books, um, like biographies, particularly like special forces and stuff. It just really interests me and intrigues me. And one of the things that I find just captivating about it is these special operators have the ability, in the midst of the worst possible scenario, with everything going on around them, to just think of, just weird stuff and it, it pops out in their head like you know like a grenade comes flying in and they they pick it up and throw it back and it, it blows up the enemy and they go huh didn't see that one coming yeah it just they're they're quick-witted enough that they think of that stuff but they're still focused on the mission and there was a scene in the predator where it just always made me think of that where they're i, for, I forget the two characters one of the guys is the one that has the uh the grenade launcher and uh he just he fires like five or six rounds up in the air and then just kind of ducks behind the rock and he looks at his buddy like, hey, you might want to It just made me a thing. Like, you know, I, I can see special forces kind of like having that kind of dialogue in the midst of something insane. 
one of the things I appreciate about this group is when, when you get analyzing something like this, I realize that, okay, we've got a former army medic, you know, and two police officers who are bringing a different perspective to this than I bring to it. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they all would have died um, <laughs> within the first battle. Every right. one of them. I think uh, Gary would have been the lone survivor. But the, take it back to the way where they slid down the hill and broke they like 50 feet from the enemy. That's, yeah. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody would have saw them or noticed some stones rolling. Um, but the uh, the way they filmed it, uh, aside from, you know, the, uh, you got to suspend some disbelief here. Um, but the way they filmed it, there was a... <laughs> the dog says hi. Um, there was uh there was some um there was definitely the way they filmed it there was a lot of suspense because you know they start off showing these guys completely in coming in just shellacking this enemy force uh destroying them with no hesitation and then slowly but surely you see them start getting picked off by something you can't even see you don't even get to see the full effect of what the alien looks like um until near the end of the film Right. You just basically see this unseen force killing them in horrible ways, or they just disappear. Um, yeah. I think one of the most revealing scenes is, um, you know, this is always difficult because you're like, do we spoil it? But, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, you're essentially Zach. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, where the mini gunner, you know, he's out there just lighting it up. And you're like, man, no one, nothing's going to get near him. And you're like, oh, Ben, he's gone. <laughs> and so it's uh it's pretty incredible and i mean you know after this i mean gosh in 87 i was uh probably barely in middle school and zach was probably a zygote um I'm that boy. I, <laughs> I was already a grandfather <laughs> but uh it was um you know not long after this they released the first comic series and it was called concrete jungle and it was just a four issue limited series put out by dark horse and they kind of expanded upon the characters um they didn't really touch on a lot of the movie characters because well <laughs> let's face it there weren't a lot left um but they did they picked up the story with a uh, dutch's brother who was a police officer in la and a lot of the concepts from that series found itself in the predator 2 um with danny glover so that's where the comics started and so for me it was like wow there's this really great science fiction film and wow there's this okay comic series um and then i kept following it and it's just kind of interesting you know there's probably a bunch of a whole generation of fans of predator and alien now that are going to feel about disney the way tim does with the star wars stuff because disney just got the licenses to um predator and alien as well mm. yeah i I think if Disney plays their cards right, they use Fox to pursue that that line, and I think they, I mean, they have something that can at least make money for them. If they don't want to turn it into a, an epic storyline, it's up to them to do what they want with it. Well, I think that's why they went for it because the uh, movie rights were already on, were already owned by Fox. Right. Uh, that's they were thinking that you know the most recent movie, uh, The Predator, was actually directed by Shane Black who starred in the original Predator movie as uh, Hawkins. So he uh, directed it and it didn't do spectacular, but I know they were planning on doing more, um, but then the rights got tied up by Disney buying it. And Disney has already said, it's probably one of the films that will stay in the R rated zone. Um, let's face it. You're not going to have like Predator meets Cinderella, uh, but. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the Predator world, um, they just started in the spring, they were releasing a um, a new Predator comic book um, that I believe may have been Dark Horse. What yeah. about Predator versus Archie? Not, AVP? Not entirely sure. No, it wasn't an AVP. It was a um, complete Predator workup. Huh. Uh, called it, Hunters. It's the third one, um, and uh, they've had Predator versus everything. Like yeah, like Mike said, there's been Predator versus Archie. Predator versus uh, the Justice League, Predator Batman. versus Tarzan. Oh, Batman and Predator was really good um, back in the uh, early 90s. And they're actually, uh, since we were talking about the um, Van Damme era, I will share my screen again. Was there an era? <laughs> What's that? Was there a Van Damme era? Uh, uh, absolutely. 
Oh, yeah, there the was. Two, I know. The I two minutes. Um, yeah, he had a bunch of them. It was Bloodsport and uh, Double yes. Impact. Cyborg. They are. Lionheart. Oh, Good. Lionheart. That's right. Are you screen sharing yet? Yeah, I, not yet. I just wanted to jump in on that conversation. I liked Cyborg. Bloodsport was okay. Um, Universal Soldier, I thought was really good. Other than that, he was just the same guy in every story. You could just watch him as an ongoing film. Yeah, absolutely. Watch when you watch them all. But him and Seagal was the same way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there we go. Dark Horse, uh, if not this week, very soon, are uh, releasing a Predator comic book based on the original screenplay with uh, sort of what the original creature is supposed to look like. Mm. And they've released some of the uh, artwork. So, um, and I believe that's, nope. There's another picture of it. Nice. So. Very different than the movie version. More. That looks very similar to what Van Damme was wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of more swap swamp thingish. That's true. Yeah. Uh, The long head of the alien. Um, Very different. Well, and um, so Dark Horse has done that a few times. They just, uh, it was actually a really cool series. Um, let's face it, Alien 3 was not the best film ever, or even in the, even in the series. Um, but the guy who had originally written the screenplay was William Gibson, who was a really good cyberpunk writer, oh, science fiction writer. And so Dark Horse a few years ago released a comic based on his screenplay. That was really interesting. So if you haven't checked that out, but um, Jeff, you were talking about the aliens versus predator thing. That yeah. idea came from a super quick scene in predator two. Um, the special effects team thought it would be cool to, you get to see um, and the predator spaceship in his trophy case. And they thought it would be cool to put an alien skull in there. Yes. So um, that's basically where the whole birth of the idea of that that shared universe came from that split off in the comics and then ultimately the two movies that we won't say too much about. I think they may have even had more. So who wins, aliens or predators? I wouldn't say there's really a winner. <sighs> Most of those movies, it's usually a push. Mm-hmm. I think that it usually results in the predator managing to kill a primary adversary, but escaping by the skin of his teeth. All right, so I'm going back. So Predator was 1987. You've got Schwarzenegger, you've got Carl Weathers, you've got, you know, this this big movie. So give me a, uh, an 80s action movie better than Predator, or for Zach, that would be oldies, you know, <laughs> old movies better than Predator. Top Gun. Is that considered an action movie? I don't even know what the 80s is. I don't even know what that is. Top Gun? (laughs) Oh, I thought I didn't hear you. I didn't understand you. Top Gun. Yeah, that's an 80s movie. That's good. You're talking action. Do you consider a Rocky action? Sure. A little bit different. I I guess I would go with Rocky and Top Gun as more that like PG drama action. Mm. But then you Um, I'd have to think on this. 80s movies don't come. 80s and Late eighties, early nineties blend together a lot for me. Just I was not alive. So I mean, hang in there, Zach. It gets better. HD comes about two decades later. <laughs> if uh, I remember what, go so eighties so would have been like First Blood Part Two, Rambo, which was a oh, great. That was good. I would have to go with either Aliens. Die Hard. What's that? Die Hard. Would you Die Hard? That's a good one. Terminator, man. Yeah, Terminator. It's there. You're right. My imagination, the longest of all those movies. I mean, when when Terminator Two came out, I found myself just on the edge of my seat, hoping they would give us more of that future battle against the machine and the man. And they, they still have. I still feel like they've done that. I thought the uh, the one with Christian Bale was the closest we had to that. But yeah, but by that Terminator, point, did anybody care? You know, no, no. But Terminator definitely is up there with Predator, and it 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 also created this storyline where people wanted 
to see the rest of that storyline where right. when Terminator 2 came out, there was so much anticipation blew the box office away. Oh, I, well, I have to put Big Trouble in Little China as the <laughs> movie of the 80s. <laughs> that promised a sequel that never came. That was really kind of heartbreaking, you know. At least Back to the Future, when it said we will be back, they meant it. Yeah. Don't forget Back to the Future. There's another. I yeah. second Big Trouble in Little China. Um, there's also science fiction wise, the thing by John Carpenter during that time period, Mad Max beyond the Thunderdome. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. The Ayatollah rock and roller. That, that was a, that, yeah. that, that was a pretty incredible film. The Mad, all the Mad Max. VHS and Washington I love that movie. But you're also right, Tim. I think, you know, in the beyond Terminator and Predator, Schwarzenegger's celebrity had grown. So when they introduced Terminator 2 and Guns N' Roses was in the soundtrack and everything about it was just big, big, big. And so that was like, I think one of the first movies I remember, like Star Wars aside, obviously, like just one of those movies that that just like everybody, oh, you got to go see Terminator 2. Everybody has to go see it. And it didn't disappoint. I mean, the special effects, you, you have these right. movies that every now and then create that next world of special effects and t right. did that i think you have a uh, avatar i think did something unique yeah you know there's some movies that just do such unique things that when they come out you you can't help but wait for the next one and just be amazed at what they've been able to create and kudos to james cameron for what he did with um um t2 oh yeah t2 mm-hmm. yeah. james cameron alone every film he did is like special effects wise and story wise he had to outdo himself i mean he did aliens yep. um you know well i think terminator I, first then it's aliens. an interesting one because it, it's the way he wrote that i think was outside of his style if you look at what he's created since and to me that's one of my favorite movies to have this marine group go into space and uh and, and do that battle with the aliens like they did. I, it was just really, really cool. Yeah, um, I like I liked Aliens a lot. Um, I really loved The Abyss, and we're getting off topic here because I could probably do a whole episode about The Abyss and the science fiction of that. But um, no, I mean, they uh, the, even just the special effects in The Predator, I mean, up until then, you had never seen that prism effect just right, right over somebody. Um, and it was it was so threatening. I mean, you're just like, man, you're right. They would never be able to see him at a distance in a super hot jungle that there's already, you know, air distortions that are a blur because of the superheated air um, and the moistness in the air. So it's just like, man, what a perfect uh, camouflage. And ever since then, in science fiction now, when you see camouflage characters, they have that distortion effects and they suddenly appear in front of you because they were a blur standing there up until then yeah, that started it yeah you know it's funny that none of us mentioned is we're all comics fans but for those of you who were around in the 80s uh do you remember the build-up that they had for the first batman movie sure. mm-hmm. with michael yeah. Keaton and jack nicholson as the uh as the joker and i mean that was a huge huge event that and was- that movie still stands up in my book oh, yeah. still a great movie uh, it, it's it stands on its own ground against any of the other Batman movies they've made. Yeah, I mean, it had a different feel. It wasn't the Dark Knight, but it was fantastic. And I know we're getting sidetracked. This is a Predator show, but I mean, we're Batman plus so Predator. Is. This is what we talked about. It wasn't a Batman movie. We're still on task. <laughs> well, yeah, and Batman fought Predator in the comics, so it's still the same conversation. There we go. There we go. There's a tie-in. It's a pop culture podcast, you know. It it, it all it all circles back. Yeah. There we go. But I thought it was really neat, too, how at the end, you know, here Schwarzenegger and his crew go in with all the high-tech weapons of their time. And in the end, it comes down to Schwarzenegger's wits and brain and survival instincts to kind of beat the, the Predator at sort of his own game, but by the same time being disadvantaged to everything the Predator had in his arsenal. And yeah. the first thing he did is he, he took out his vision, you know, and, you know, in martial arts, they teach you that if your opponent can't see they can't fight if they can't breathe they can't fight you can take away those two things away from your opponent you drastically change the odds and you know Schwarzenegger was trying to do anything he could just to kind of even the odds 
because this creature was just so much more ready than he was. I mean, I was reading into it too much, but I was trying to figure out how is Arnold figuring out exactly what this thing is doing, that that they're the prey, that he likes the sport of it, that, you know, that he knows, oh, it didn't go after the woman because she didn't have uh, any kind of weapon, so she wasn't a challenge. I thought it was pretty interesting. I'm I'm overanalyzing this movie going, you know, I'll tell you now. Remember when they found that first crew kind of hung, hung up as trophies? And skinned alive. Skinned yeah. alive. I mean, you, you kind of sort of have some clues. Well, those four sneakers that smart to put it together. I mean. But, but I can remember like when, like when the movie was first out and Schwarzenegger has gone over the falls and he's, you know, he knows he's going to die and it can't see him because he's muddy and he gets it. And you're like, <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a huge moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because you see these uh, videos. They're not on YouTube, but back in the day, they were just on regular TV, Zach. Um, but they kind of debunk like movie myths and like the idea that mud could hide your body heat signature just <laughs> doesn't play out. Mm-hmm. There was a movie called Sneakers where they wore a uh, they wore a wetsuit to avoid being detected through infrared, and like <laughs> that doesn't work at all. So Zach. Was there anything about Predator that you liked? I loved the entire movie. All right. It was just <laughs> 80s. <laughs> it was just very 80s. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong with 80s. The 80s, the best part about the 80s is that everything was over the top. Like they weren't trying to be super realistic, which is cool now, but it was just everything was over the top. It was all fantastic. Yeah. One of the fun things about Schwarzenegger's heat. He knew that about himself and his movies. He even did that movie, The Last Action Hero. Yes. Where yeah. Everything was over the top. It and was meta. It was a really meta film. He like yeah. came out of the movie. Yeah. He I mean he just he embraced it. He he found his role in Hollywood. He turned into a governorship for for goodness sakes. I mean, that guy. Well, it was funny because he and um he and Stallone kind of followed the same path and around that same time period. They started realizing that their action film days were kind of people weren't taking them as seriously as they used to. Um, so they both kind of started sliding into comedy like um, Kindergarten Cop or in Stallone's case, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot with Estelle Getty. Um, and mm-hmm. however, Stallone did do Tango and Cash with yeah, uh, I say that. Jack Russell. That was a good movie. But, um, you know, they, they kind of. Did you say Jack Russell? What's that? Did you say Jack Russell, like the dog? Yeah, oh, I did, didn't I? Kurt Russell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of his name in Big Trouble in Little China. Kurt's brother, Jack. Yeah, he did. Uh, what was the uh, mountain climbing movie he did? Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, Cliffhanger. Yep. Yeah, I like that one, too. They shot that, they shot that one on narrow film because mm. Stallone was so angry and upset that he was so much shorter than Michael Rooker. And John Lithgow. So they shot it on narrow film. If you look at it the whole time, every time Schwartz or, or, or Stallone is approaching the camera, he's kind of not elongated, but like like heightened because of the film that shot on. Do you when know you I said, what was that mountain climbing movie? I almost said over the top. I'm like, well, no, no, that's not it. <laughs> if you, I, when I think back to Cliffhanger, is the first movie that I really remember, like I, being in a theater. I don't even remember what I was watching and there was an ad for cliffhanger and it's, and this was like January and it said, may, you know, whatever cliffhanger. It was so far ahead. I'd never seen an ad for a movie that was that far out, but they were pushing it hype like way ahead. It was like, Oh, okay. The advertisement program for Armageddon. It was just a clock in the movie theater and it said Armageddon they had like that the the movie or the uh the poster where it was just like the uh, an asteroid with a red you know shadow behind it and it said Armageddon and it was a countdown clock and I swear that thing was out 12 months in advance mm. it was every time I went to a movie it was there but back to Schwarzenegger another thing I find interesting is that Terminator movies have always been done with Arnold like he's just such a key signature piece that they've got to find a way to bring him back to each of the movies. Even with the Christian Bale one, they did a, like a, um, a CG version of him at, at the very end because they couldn't get him. 
Um, but here he really does define the the adversary to their predator, and they've never brought him back into that film. I think they tried for the second one. Did they? Yeah, but he was filming Terminator 2. So they got Danny Glover instead. Which, which, worked, which worked for me. Um, half a dozen of the other. One of the things that, um, going back to the original film, uh, like leading into these films, uh, Arnold was like the invincible warrior in his other movies. Uh, he was the guy that, you know, unbeatable. And and Predator, man, he didn't stand a chance. Like every time he got away from the thing, he just got lucky. And there was a few times, this was the first film with him where I was like, he might not actually make it to the end. They might, you know, he might, it might be one of those stories where he's got to take out the thing by sacrificing himself, especially, um, I love the scene where it like hops down and big old Arnold just like socks it like right in the face. And you're like, man, that had to hurt. And it just like looks at him and then knocks him back like 20 feet with one punch. So, and it's still like after everything, it almost got him in the end. And my, in my head canon in the movie, it did because he had to suffer from radiation poison. He was way too close to that. (laughs) So um, it was kind of like it was the first film um, with him, especially. But one of the first films that came out of there where it's like, you know, the hero might not necessarily make it out of this. Mm-hmm. And that the ending scene of the uh, the 80s video game, you know, wristband that starts like counting down and, and until Schwarzenegger figures out that it's a bomb and he start, and the laughter just starts as it uses what's his name's laugh, just to you know, draw. And you're like, oh man, you know, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just and even the last scene that they cut from, um, you know, spoiler alert, who cares? Um, where you know they pick him up in the helicopter and he's just completely shell shocked. I mean, he he is just wiped. So it's like you know it. it it was all around for me. It was a good film. It's probably one of my favorite science fiction films. Mm-hmm. Um, it created probably one of the coolest antagonists in a movie I had seen up until that time. And probably still, I mean, it was a total original creation. I mean, he was a completely stone cold hunter killer with dreadlocks. <laughs> well, I like too how it, it just flowed. Like there was never a boring moment. Like it was one thing to the next. There's little plot building moments that where he was figuring things out were, were very short and, and uh, very few and far between. It was just constant action. Yeah, and I had forgotten some scenes. Like, I forgot that one of the very first victims, basically, uh, when they track him down, he's just like a pile of uh, entrails. Mm-hmm. There's like nothing else left. He's just like gone. And they're like, what did that to him? Is somebody were you velcroed to that couch? Because <laughs> you sat up, it was like whoosh. that was that was his ninja stars being caught on the fabric. <laughs> uh, what are you talking to me? <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. No. Welcome back to the show, Zach. <laughs> Zach's just joined us tonight. <laughs> being the the real Gary. Zach, Zach, is that a paper plate on your face? <laughs> It is. <laughs> I told you I only had a few minutes to figure out what to put on. Okay. <laughs> this is actually a compression band, kind of a wrap, compression wrap. So the top of his skull is going to be purple by the time we finish. Um, it's duct taped onto my face. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh. Getting a little bit itchy. <laughs> You're going to feel bad if it's actually 90 mile an hour tape. <laughs> what was the character? The Shadow? Was that? Uh... Yeah, it was an old pulp character. Yeah. Kind of reminds me. If he took the mask off, he'd look like an old like 80s gang movie character like from the Warriors. Zach just tied the compression bandage tighter. He actually... No, I, I had to make sure it, was, it wasn't coming undone. Oh, it's not coming undone. You duct tape. <laughs> Without those thoughts. 
He's like, no, I only feel a little dizzy. I have to make sure I put <laughs> the circulation off of my brain. So what are the other, you know, so I guess there's two things, you know, as people watch this over time, you know, as, as, as you scroll by your Facebook feed, you say, you know, okay, who's the dude in the mask and the uh, compression tie? Um, what, uh, what are the movies people would love to see uh, talked about, reviewed, if it's not, you know, Predator? Maybe it is the first Batman movie with Keaton and Nicholson. Maybe it's, um, you know, The Crow. Maybe it's, you know, and, you know, I, I think we're probably not beyond having a couple people join us on the the Facebook Live or the Zoom to say, all right, let's talk about something cool. Let's talk about what movies people want to see. Yeah, so uh, reach out to Michael Keaton if we do Batman. I like it. He's probably available. <laughs> I um, I, I would do either of those. I would do The Crow or Batman or, um, you know, we can go a little bit further off, like, uh, you know, the, just throwing it out there, there's their old 80s Flash Gordon with the Queen soundtrack. Yes. Oh, yeah. If we did that, never-ending story. Never-ending story? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> if, if we uh, Zach's Batman, excited about that we, one. We'd give Zach I've some wardrobe options, wardrobe options for Batman. Yeah. You know, whether he'd go Batman or Joker or who he'd dress up like, it's hard to say. Mickey Vale. Maybe both. <laughs> Maybe Batman from uh, the Batman Who Laughs. There you go. Or you could do Batman from the Prince video and do uh, half Batman, half Joker. And there you go. By turning your face. Yeah, I think we could do some good cheesy like superhero movies, cover some of those. Like, um, Or actually, I, I think Christopher Reeve did a really good job of the first Superman. That would be something oh, we could talk about. Definitely. We could also do like a comparison, find a movie that was from the 80s but was redone like in the 90s or the 2000s well i, I think that superman's probably better than anything dc's put out lately oh sorry zach didn't mean to say that out loud no 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 no, no. <laughs> dc i won't watch their movies anymore because it's i haven't seen the wonder woman i don't plan on seeing the next one i won't go to the, i won't pay to wonder see the woman next was ones. actually good i won't pay to see i'm not gonna get hurt again jeff i'm not gonna get hurt again well Jeff is inviting us all over, and this is real. This is not a sarcastic Gary comment. Uh, that'll come later. Um, he's inviting us over to watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Yes, indeed. Which I'm excited about. Is that getting released? Uh, no. One on HBO Max. Oh, it's already been released? It's on the, no, it's on no, the right. Well, they have one. Um, <laughs> what? The next year after this one, 2021. You're like, oh, oh, oh gotcha. I'm Zach from the future. So Zach what's the ultimate edition that they have on Max right now? That's just the, that's with the latest scenes from the, um, who was the director of the one they released? Joss Whedon. Yeah, that was the Whedon release. So oh, okay. extended director's cut basically is what that is. Yeah, I heard that was actually pretty good. I thought that that's what you were talking about actually. I asked Snyder if he would, um, if this, any of the, the Whedon stuff was going to be in his movie. He said if it was, he would burn it where it stood. It's going to be all Snyder. Yeah, he's pretty strong-willed about that. What HBO did prior to that, though, was was Watchmen as an incremental series, mm -hmm. and and that everybody seemed to love it, which gives them more credibility coming into the Snyder Cut. Come over, guys. Come watch it. I've I've got it. I'm there. Looking forward to it. Love to have you over. We can social distance over here. Nice. Because yeah. uh, Snyder did this prior to doing the uh, DC Universe. Ah. And uh, this version actually intercuts the animated um, movie they released with it about the pirate into the movie like the original book did. I got to tell you, though, the Watchmen movie that came out, Snyder's Watchmen movie, I was I, it left me hanging versus the, versus the graphic novel. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, it didn't live up to it at all. They took the alien out, or the fake alien. I've never... I'll never be able to finish it. There's a big fake alien that explodes at the end. I'm, not, I'm thinking, he's, I don't think he was talking about the book, but thanks for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I did hear great things about Watchmen on the, the HBO series Watchmen. It's up for a bunch of Emmys. So yeah. that's the world we live in where comic based shows get Emmys and Oscars. Where they're going for all their material. I mean, the Walking Dead is 
not slowing down. I mean, everything is every uh, almost every time you turn a corner in Hollywood's announcing a like every season, every quarter, mm-hmm. the projects they're announcing, you know, used to be one out of you know eighty were a comic book drop, you know, a, a graphic arts type storyline. Now it's easily twenty percent of what you see out there, if not more. It's great material. Um, like in it, it, it goes from what we're talking about and what we all gravitate to towards even Stumptown, a recent TV show that was a hit. That's a graphic novel well, series. It comes with a built-in fan base. And that, that's the simple truth of it. Like if you say you're going to do, when they originally said they were going to do X-Men, that came with a built-in fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, half the world didn't know what X-Men were, what gra- what they meant in the graphic, you know, arts world, but a lot of people did and they drug their families to it. And the next thing you know, it's a, it's a mainstay that every time they put out a sequel, no matter how bad it is, you go see it. So, so let's play a game here. You know, the movie that you looked forward to the most coming out, like the movie that like, when it came out, you're like, Oh, I, I've got, I have to be in the theater to watch that. You know, the, when it comes out. Empire strikes back. What, what decade? <laughs> makes no uh, difference in the 80s i was a kid and it was the transformers movie and in the, in the 90s it was probably jurassic park and then in the early 2000s it was probably um phantom menace what do you think zach probably batman begins that was a big one for me yeah did you, was it big for anticipation or was it big once it came out and you saw how well they did, like they, they nailed it? Anticipation. Yeah. Wow. Because that had been the, I mean, that would have been the first Batman movie for a while. I mean, yeah. you had Val Kilmer, which I was a kid when that came out. And then you had Batman and Robin, which we can't forget the nipples. So <laughs> that's, it had been a while. There had been a big dry spell. Yeah. And then they nailed it, so that was good. I would say for me, there were two, and one of them Jeff did already, Empire Strikes Back, because Star Wars, you didn't really know what was happening when it came out, and then you were, ple- it was like, this is the greatest thing ever, so that when Empire Strikes Back came out, it was like, that's the one you have to be at. And then I gotta say, Endgame, when, end, like, I waited a year after Infinity Game, and both my girls loved all the Marvel movies, so we as like the three of us had to be at Endgame the day it came out. I would I, I felt the anticipation more for Infinity Wars mm-hmm. than Endgame because you it seems like the the um, Endgame was just finishing out Infinity Wars, but Infinity yeah. Wars was the culmination of all those Marvel projects, and that was that was huge for me. Between the mm-hmm. two movies, I love them both. Um, I like Infinity Wars better. Yeah. I had an, another one that was great anticipation that was a real letdown. And I bet we all have a story about that. For me, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark was so incredible. It sure. was so monumental. And it was just an amazing, amazing movie. And then, you know, you're waiting for that second one to come out and you got Temple of Doom. And it was just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I didn't think that, that lived up to the original at all. I preferred the third Indiana Jones. Well, that was a good one, though. The third was good. <laughs> Sean. That was, that was the much better film, Trebek. ages, <laughs> <laughs> he fits that role so much more. Just, just keep working on it, man. Eventually, you're going to be the stand-in. I'm going like, to figure out a way to work Sean Connery's voice into every episode we do now. Um, for me, I'm going to... Mike on two of them since well he only said two so that was stupid um so I would say for 80s it was a toss-up between Empire Strikes Back and that first Batman film I was all about that first Batman film when it was coming out all the lead into it I I never saw so much promotion for any movie ever at that point I they had spent millions of millions promoting that movie and it was everywhere uh you know so So uh, one of our portals guys has checked in. Wade uh, agrees on the Indiana Jones comments. (laughs) Wade's on board with you, Jeff. All right. (laughs) Oh, you little ninny, Jeff. 
Well, <laughs> so uh, 90s, it's going to be T2. Same thing. So much lead in that Guns N' Roses soundtrack. Um, you know, the, the, I must have listened to You Could Be Mine a uh, hundred times, if not. Oh, sure. Or because um, I was already a GNR fan before that. Uh, early 2000s, X-Men and Endgame. I mean, that, that that movie was just like one of the biggest epics like ever. X-Men, are we talking about the singer, the first one? Yeah, I mean, it was the first time, um, you know, it was the year my wife and I got married and I was trying to convince her that comics were cool. Um, still never have won that battle. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was able to take her and she really enjoyed the X-Men movie. And, you know, it, there was a whole new generation of people that discovered the X-Men because of that um, and because of Hugh Jackman. But yeah, Endgame was just, I mean, that was just an epic film and, and you leave it kind of wild. Like I, I wanted to see it again immediately as soon as I walked out of the movie theater. What movie was that? I'm sorry. Endgame. Endgame, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, got another one. Uh, after First Blood, waiting for Rambo 2 to come out. <laughs> that was big. It, friend, it, was, it was actually a good movie. It was a good follow-up. My friend. That was the one they go to Afghanistan, right? Or was that three? That's three. That's three. So, okay, so two Matt is the Mariner jungle. just posted The Punish Mightier. Two is <laughs> <laughs> his hometown dealing with like his PTSD of dealing with you know having survived Vietnam and all of his buddies not coming home. Yeah. What movie was that? Rambo. Oh Rambo, yeah. yeah, Rambo two. That, that first one was man. I watch it now and it hit on so many things as far as PTSD and what a soldier goes through that just was not talked about until the two thousands yeah. in in cinema. And man, Rambo was so far ahead of its time yeah dealing with that and it it we were talking about how the predator holds its own today rambo first blood absolutely does yeah absolutely but there are three movies that seem like they come on at various times and if i'm late night flicking channels and i will always stop and watch first blood the first one Mm -hmm. die hard yes or roadhouse yeah, <laughs> never pass by Roadhouse. I have to watch it through and keep watching it anytime it comes on. Yeah, I agree. One of the fun things about Roadhouse is um, who is his um, Sam Elliott, the cooler. Yeah, Sam Elliott. I was gonna say Sam. His career has been phenomenal. The man has never stopped working, and every character he does in a movie is so strong it almost overdoes the the main character's role. The Big Lebowski. Yeah. He did a movie with uh, Mel Gibson, We Were Soldiers. Yep. Oh, that's a good movie. Really kind of, well, every scene he was in, he stole. He always uh, makes a really big mustache look cool, too. Mustache dances. It's great. And he's Goodbye. in Marvel movies now. He's in what? He was, he was in a Marvel movie. He, he, I think he was the original um, Thunderbolt Ross in the uh, Ang Lee Hulk movie. Wasn't he? Everyone's looking at me like I dressed up like Zach right now. I might be wrong. The one with, um... <laughs> he was in the Hulk. Yeah, that was. That was the one that... <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Zach. I appreciate it. <laughs> I played the played the Hulk in that one. Um... <laughs> Think of his name now. I can see his face playing his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Norton. No, the the other one. Oh, um, Ruffalo. No. No. Uh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana. That's who it is. Uh, I like him. I think he does a good job in most of his movies. Lou Ferrigno. I don't even remember Lou, this. Lou Ferrigno will forever be the Hulk. <laughs> Hulk was the one where he was like hunted down by like super dogs. No. Oh, yeah. Man, it's been forever since I've seen that. I hate to be the party pooper, guys, but I think we might want to put an end cap on this one. And Why? Because we're talking about Predator and Roadhouse and... <laughs> Could be anything. That's, that's well, a nice weapon, Predator. Do they make it for men? <laughs> <laughs> we went off the rails long ago. What would 007 have done against a Predator? That's, that's the question. 
That's the question we should leave our fans with tonight. <laughs> Let us know on our Facebook with James Bond how he would have stacked up against the Predator. I'd love to see those responses. I would love to as well. So, so we'll check out um, what our next, you know, our, our next movie review will be, and we'll we'll post it so other folks know and they can rewatch it and um, and and chime in. Yeah. And, I'd, I'd, Love to hear what people would like us to review books, mm -hmm. comics, games, um, you know, really music. It doesn't matter. Any, any of the different pop culture things that we cover, uh, I'd love suggestions. Absolutely. If not, we'll keep picking and you have to listen to what we like. Also, any costumes you'd like to see Zach wear, you know, or dress up in, that'd be important too. Yep. <laughs> I take suggestions. <laughs> Oh, I cannot wait to see those roll in. <laughs> For the four people that are watching this right now? What's the matter? I'll recruit people. <laughs> you know, Kia was on earlier. She was commenting about you, Zach. So. Who was? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, let her suggest your next outfit. I think that's fitting. Kia, the challenge is out there. Zach's next outfit's on you. You have no clue who Walk we're talking right about. right into that one. Kia, Kia was a kid. You got a uh, Big Lebowski was. suggestion. Nice. Who that are you watching this and commenting on my? I could do the Big Lebowski. One of my favorite movies. It's a great one. I mean, we'd be we'd be way in the weeds for it. It would be a blast. The Zach abides. Yeah, Neon weed to do that. I'm oh, sorry. Out loud. <laughs> All right, who's taking us out? Skirka. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, once again for joining us, uh, Pulp Revelators, and we look forward to uh, seeing you again. Um, two weeks, guys, you there? Two weeks? I am, hopefully. All right. Sure, ish. Ish. All right. Take care. Have a good night. <laughs> we still don't know how to stop it. <laughs>